أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله we're uh, very close to the end today we're doing سورة الفلق سورة number one one three this is the last uh, or before the last surah of the Quran and uh, just to refresh where we sit where we sit in the sequence of these last ten surahs so just a quick recap what was Ibrahim alayhi salam's dua Ya Allah, make the city a city where there is peace and prosperity for those who believe, right? And so Allah gave it peace through Surah Al-Fil, gave it prosperity through, through, through Surah Quraysh, right? Li'ilafi Quraysh. But at the end of Li'ilafi Quraysh, Allah made a statement. Then let them, let them enslave themselves to the Lord of this house, to the master of this house, now that I've given them peace and prosperity. But what did they do? They denied the favors. They, you know, decided not to help the poor, the orphan, they even, even the smallest things. They even prevented the ma'un, the smallest of things. And then, therefore, Allah said, خلاص, now, Ya Rasulullah, إِنَّا We have given you all the good blessings, and you will be now the new custodian of the Kaaba, and you will be given all these blessings. خلاص, Quraysh failed. They were given the chance to continue the legacy of Ibrahim, but now you are given this task. This task. And so as Kawthar came, now the Prophet ﷺ, he needs uh, assurance, right or no? He needs assurance. And he needs to also uh, basically tell the Quraysh that khalas, I'm parting my ways from you. So which surah came next? Which surah came next? Surah Al-Kafirun. Okay? Surah Al-Kafirun came next. Allah is telling the Prophet go and stand up with them in their face and tell them you are kafirun. After more than a decade of da'wah, you guys are useless. Not, not in the past, not in the present, not in the future will I believe in what you believe, nor will you believe in what I believe. And guess what? Next surah says, Ya Rasulullah, don't worry. We will give victory to you. Victory will be on your side. Okay? And you will get to see it in the latter part of your life. But if you want some good news in the, in the earlier part, we'll give you good news in the earlier life. Tabbat yada Abi Lahabin wa tab. All your enemies, I'll, I will take care of them. Why, why will we take care of your enemies? So that you can focus on your mission. What's your mission? So al-ikhlas. Allahu ahad. Tawheed. The oneness of Allah. Purification of this house from shirk to the legacy of Ibrahim salam, the legacy of Tawheed. The oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we learned the you know, beautiful lessons of Tawheed last uh, in the previous surah. But then again, Allah wants to remind us in these last two surahs that we are weak. Don't get overexcited and get too excited and let Tawheed become a source of arrogance for you because you are weak. And therefore you need to constantly seek my help. Seek my help from what? From two dangers. External dangers or external evils that may threat you, threaten you and this Tawheed, which is today's surah, Surah Al-Falaq. It will talk about external evils. You know, the evil of the darkness of the night, the evil of the magic, uh, people who do magic and sorcery, and then the evil of those who do jealousy. All external, external, external. And then the next surah talks about internal evil, the whispers of shaitan. So, like I told you yesterday, Tawheed is like this overall mission, you know, purpose of our existence. And then these two guardian angels, Surah Al-Falaq, to guard us from external evils, and Surah Al-Nas, to guard us from internal Evils, and then we also by the end of Surah Nas, we'll see how Nas fits in perfectly with Surah Al-Fatiha, because we know that the Sunnah of the Prophet was whenever he reached Surah Nas, he would continue it by reading Surah Al-Fatiha, because there's no end to the Quran. It's like a cycle. It's like a beautiful necklace, like I told you. You know, each pearl connected to the one after. So even Surah Nas is beautifully connected to Surah Al-Fatiha, which we'll see later on. But as for Surah Al-Falaq, just a quick background. And by the way, this background will apply to both Falaq and Nas because primarily it's the same context. Okay, so what basically happened was after Fath Mecca, the Jews of Medina were uh, expelled. Okay, and most of them went to this city called Khaybar. And uh, they wanted some sort of like revenge, you know, from the Prophet because they, they were actually freaking out that the Prophet will, will take care of them next. Okay, all these tribes of, uh, and there were th- primarily three tribes, Banu Quraidah, Banu Qaynuqa, and Banu Nadir. So the Prophet then, uh, what, what, the, what these Jews of Medina did, they hired this guy called Lubayd ibn al-A'sam. 
We don't know really who he is. There's difference of opinion. Either he's a Jew or a Christian or a Munafiq. And he was known for his magic. He was like the master of magic and sorcery and you know, all this, this kind of stuff. And he, it's known that his daughters were also doing magic. And so they told him, listen, uh, you know, we want to take revenge of the Prophet. Yalla, do some magic, harm him. So he sends one of his guys to go get uh, one of the pins of his comb. Because, you, you know, part of magic is you have to get a piece of them, either like a piece of a hair or underwear or whatever, yani, you know. So basically, they, they got a piece of his hair and they did, he did this magic um, and he rolled it up into like, uh, you know, you tie up, tie up the magic in knots. And so there were 11 knots. And he asked uh, his daughters to blow into those knots. Nafathat, literally, blowing dry spit. Okay? And then they rolled it up, threw it in a well far away from the city, blocked the well with rocks, and the Prophet ﷺ got inflicted with this magic. And fr from this story, we, we realize and know that magic actually exists. It's not a fairy tale fantasy thing which is psychological. Yes, some people have psychological issues which they you know, blame magic for, but we cannot deny magic uh, doesn't exist because magic does exist. The Prophet ﷺ got inflicted with this. He got sick. He uh, was suffering internally and externally, physically also. Like he was you know, distressed, feeling unease. He used to have these weird thoughts of him spending nights with his wives where he wouldn't be spending nights. So he w there was this thing that was bothering him. And so uh, part of the miracle of the story is that the Prophet ﷺ gets told who did the magic, where the magic is. You know, say he tells the Sahaba, go to this uh, bi'r, it's called uh, Zarwan, and uh, get the magic out. So they get the magic out, and there's 11 knots. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals these two surahs, Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas, which are known as Al-Mu'awwidatan. Al-Mu'awwidatan, the two surahs that we, that we use to save ourselves from evils. Okay, Al-Mu'awwidatan comes from the root word uh, isti'adah. A'udhu. You know how you say A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim? So what does A'udhu mean? Because it's important. This is going to come twice in this, these two surahs. A'udhu means I seek refuge. I seek help. From what? From a danger that's going to harm me. And usually that danger is unseen. Okay? So two things. A'udhu is used when there's a danger that's harmful for you and you can't see it coming. Alright, and so in these two surahs, the, the danger is, on one, one hand, it's external evil that you can't see, and in Surah Al-Nas, it's ex internal evil that you can't see, because Iblis, Shaitan, you cannot see him, right? And so, that's where A'udhu is used. A'udhu Billahi Minash Rajim, and in this case, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ and قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ You seek help of Allah from these two dangers that are unseen. And so, subhanAllah, these two surahs were revealed. And how many, surah, how many ayat in Surah Al-Falaq? Five and six in Surah Al-Nas. Total how much? Five plus six? Eleven. How many knots were there in the magic? So as the Prophet was reading one ayah after another, after another, after another, that the knots were being untied, 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 until the last ayah, min al-jinnati wal-nas, all the magic was gone and he felt... Relieved, subhanAllah, you know, and, and this is how the magic basically, uh, so uh, this is how the magic w went away. So we learned that these two surahs are very powerful in terms of protection. You know how like yani, nowadays we use insurance to protect your car, life insurance, uh, fire insurance. All we protect ourselves physically from worldly things. Allah has given us spiritual insurance. This is your spiritual insurance and we know from the adhkar al-sabahu al-masa' The, you know, the supplication of the morning and the evening, especially after Fajr and after Maghrib, I highly, highly recommend you to look them up. There's a set of adhkar that you, you should read. Every believer should read. This is your insurance against evil, against you know, magic, against jealousy, against evils of the night, evils of uh, you know, all these things that are uh, happening to people nowadays. You've, you've been given insurance. Allah has guaranteed that He will protect you for the day. So why is it when it comes to spiritual Dangers, we, we are taken so lightly. Yani. But no, car, we have to get insured. House, we have to get insured. Our business, factory, has to be insured. So something to really think about and uh, ponder upon. So that's, that's the context. So yani, inshallah, um, 
I also want to give a quick introduction about this whole concept of seeking help. Okay, very important to, for you to understand. When you seek help, there's primarily, uh, and by the way, seek, there's two types of seeking help. There's seeking help, which is called isti'ana, which is iyaqan abdu iyaqan asta'een in Surah Al-Fatiha, and isti'adha. Isti'ana and isti'adha. There's a difference of one letter, literally, the noon and the dhal. Okay? Isti'ana is when you seek help of Allah in goodness. And in the sense of guidance, what are we saying? Iyaqan abud, ya Allah, we enslave ourselves to you, but we need your help, ya Allah, in goodness. Iyaqan asta'een is used for aun, which means help in goodness. Even ma'un comes from the same root word, aun, right? Seeking help in goodness. When someone comes to ask for you for a glass of water or you know, a pencil or a tissue or whatever. So that's isti'ana. Isti'ada is seeking help but from a danger that's going to threaten you and it's something you cannot see. Okay? So there's two elements when it comes to seeking help. Remember this, okay? How many elements? How many? Two. Yeah. One is seeking help from who? Whose help are you seeking? In this case, it's who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's one part of it. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is, what's the danger you're seeking help from? Okay? So in Surah Al-Falaq, what's the danger? It's primarily external dangers. You got this point? Now what's really amazing about these two surahs is the symmetry of the, of the structure of the two surahs. Because in Surah Al-Falaq, we basically say, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ We are seeking help from Allah, رَبِّ الْفَلَقِ Right? So how many times did we ask, uh, call upon Allah, the one who we are seeking help of, once? And then we list down, مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقْ وَمِنْ شَرِّ غَاسِقٍ إِذَا وَقَبُ وَمِنْ شَرِّ النَّفَثَاتِ فِي الْعُقَدِ وَمِنْ شَرِّ حَاسِدٍ إِذَا حَسَدٍ Four types of evils are mentioned. You notice this? So we sought help of Allah, the musta'ad bihi was Allah, once. And musta'ad min, what we are seeking help from, is how many? Four things. And technically there are three things. I'll explain to you later on. There are actually three things. Because the first ayah, is general. It's a general statement. From everything evil that you have created. Okay? Or from the evil of everything that you have created. And then Allah lists down three evils that are the most dangerous. Okay? That's basically what's happening in the surah. Allah, يعني, we seek protection of Allah from all evil. But then specifically Allah said these three evils are the most externally dangerous evils. The dangers of the night, the dangers of the magic, and the dangers of jealousy. Okay, so be careful of these three. So primarily there are three. Okay. Whereas in Surah An-Nas, something interesting happens. There's a flip over of the whole formula. In Surah An-Nas, we're asking Allah's help how many times? And then the evil is how many evils? Just one. And then the rest of the surah just explains the evil of this one danger, this one threat. Who is who? Iblis. So the question now is, how come one and three and then three and one? How come we ask Allah's help once in Surah Al-Falaq, but three times in Surah Al-Nas? How come there's four evils in Surah Al-Falaq and just one evil in Surah Al-Nas? What's the uh, uh, importance of this structure? Is it by chance? Is it? No, it's not by chance. The, the beauty of this is that Surah Al-Falaq talks about external evil. Now, external evil, the, the dangers of the night, the evil of the night, the evil of people who do magic to you, the evil of someone who does hasad or jealousy to you, will you be held accountable for these? Will you be questioned for these? Will you be questioned on the Day of Judgment that someone did hasad to you, someone did magic on you? Will you be questioned? Do you have any hand in it? No, it's external evil, so you won't be blamed for it, you see. It has no impact on your iman, you see. And on the contrary, you actually get rewarded for any suffering that's caused you, right or no? When you get sick, you get rewarded for this. So any infliction that gets tested upon you, you actually get rewarded for it. For, so therefore, the, the, the matter isn't that serious. It's out of our hands, right? It's external. So therefore, we ask Allah's help only once. But the focus on Surah Al-Falaq is what? On the dangers. There's three very serious dangers, so focus on them. As for Surah Al-Nas, now when the shaitan does whispers to you, and you accept those whispers, is that a serious thing? Or a, is it something you'll be held accountable for? Is it something that you will be asked about? Yes or no? Are we responsible for... Accepting the whisper of shaitan. So is the matter more serious than external evils? Of course. It's internal evils. These whispers could affect my iman. I could end up doing something haram. Right? 
it could destroy my uh, you know even my iman by you know shaking my uh, you know thoughts and, and ideas and habits and attitude and so because the matter is more serious in Surah An-Nas we need Allah's help more desperately and therefore we ask Allah's help how many times how many times three times just like you know when you're hanging off a cliff and you want help from someone will you just ask for it once like help 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 you keep saying it keep saying it until what someone helps you out why because you're desperate you're in severe danger and similarly in certain us we're in desperate danger ya allah we're desperately asking allah for help from this very very serious danger of the waswas the whispers of shaitan and therefore three times asking allah for help so is that clear this is very important for you to understand um Another beauty of this uh, surah, surah al-Falaq, is that it goes from general to specific. So in, in the beginning, Allah says, from, the, from everything, from the evil of everything created. Min sharri ma khalaq, everything you've created, right? Then it goes a bit specific. It talks about the darkness of the night. And then it goes even more specific. From the evil of those who, those who, plural, right? Those who blow into the knots. Min sharri nafathati. Nafathat, basically, those who blow knots, it's plural. And then, and the one individual who does hasad to you. So you see, from general to specific. That's what's happening in Surah Al-Falaq. And we'll see a similar thing happening in Surah Al-Nas. When we get there, we'll talk about that. So let's begin. Allah subhanahu wa starts by saying, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ Where else did we see قُلْ? قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Okay, so again, this command of say is being repeated. And in each surah, we notice how it's important. Sometimes we skip this, you know. We, we read it very quickly and we, subhanAllah, like, uh, you know, don't really pay attention to it. But it has huge benefits in the surah. Allah is saying, the Prophet said, I'm say it out loud that you need my help. And, you know, we as believers listening to this, reciting it in our salah, Allah is telling us, say it out loud. Say that you need my help. Now what's the importance of that? Basically, the one who seeks help is someone who admits his weakness. And we were having discussion over breakfast yesterday, right? The one who does not have an ego issue will ask for help. Yaqi, you know, I really need help in my business, help me out. I need help, I'm having marriage problems. You're, you're breaking your ego by asking help. But as for the one who's arrogant, as for the one who has ego issues, will he ever ask for help? No, I can do it myself. Remember, istighna, right? Istighna, feeling that you are self-dependent. You don't need anybody's help. You don't need anyone to tell you what to do. That is called istighna. That is a disease of the heart. That is arrogance. And so Allah is saying, you need my help. You need my help from these four dangers or three dangers. Step number one, what? Be humble. Admit that you are weak. Say it out loud and uh, break your ego. Announce your weakness. Subhanallah. You know, it's the complete opposite of the, you know, the attitude of a disbeliever and the attitude of you know, someone who's away from this deen where no one likes to announce their weakness. You know, does anyone post, a, a post on Facebook about their weakness? What do we usually post about? Our accomplishments, our achievements. You know, I just graduated. I bought a new car. I bought a new phone. I finished this. I finished that. Right? I had this meal. It's all good things, good things. But Allah is saying, no, Allah, post something about your weakness. How weak you are. That's, show your humility. Be humble. So, um, and then ask for help. Then step two, ask for help. Now, what's, what was the previous surah? Qul Allahu ahad, Allahu samad. Remember, samad? The one who we only need to turn to. Al-ahad. The only one, the unique one who we, can, we need to turn to. We don't need to turn to anyone else. We have a samad on our side. We don't need to lower ourselves and, you know, beg others for help. We have a summit, the one who is enough for us to answer our, our prayers and our du'as and our needs. And so this surah is a practical manifestation of Surah Al-Ikhlas. In Surah Al-Ikhlas, it was theory. A summit is there, open access to ask for help. Here is a practical situation where Allah is saying, okay, you have external evils? Yalla, implement a summit, ask a summit. And so, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ I seek protection out of fear of the unseen. 
Okay, that is what a'udhu is because all these four evils, the evils of creation, evils of the night, evils of the magic, evils of hasad, these are all unseen like we said. Another beauty of this word qul is it's a command, right? It's a command and therefore Allah is saying, by, by us saying a'udhu bi rabbil falaq, Allah I need your help by, by being humble and having humility and admitting our weakness, what are we doing? We are obeying Allah's command. The command was what? Qul. And so if we do say it, what, what did we just do? We obeyed Allah's command, which is another practical implementation of the theory of master and slave. And therefore, birabbil falaq is mentioned. How do you prove that you are the slave of your master? It's easy to say, yeah, of course, I'm Abdullah. I'm Abdurrahman. You know, I'm the slave of my master. It's easy to say. But how do you prove it? Obey him. You know, easy to say, but are you really obeying your master? And so Allah is saying, you want help from me, from these evils? Number one, be humble. Number two, obey me. First obey me, then ask for my help. And this was repeated in Surah Al-Fatiha beautifully. إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدْ Enslave yourself to me. And then إِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ What do we usually do? Ya Allah, help me out, then inshallah I'll be your slave. We flip it. You know, we don't understand the order. It doesn't work that way. Allah wants you to first obey, submit, and then ask for help. Then the help comes. SubhanAllah. Okay. So, what is falaq? Birabbil falaq. And why did Allah mention birabbil falaq? Because Allah is a master of many things. Why falaq specifically? So falaq is a beautiful word, which we chose for uh, our consulting firm, alhamdulillah, falaq TV. You can uh, look it up on our website, falaq.tv. So falaq... Uh, is a word basically that gives us hope. Falaq basically means when something is torn and, and life comes out of it. You know, a crack that opens up and life comes out. And there's different examples of this. So whenever a plant tears open and the seed comes out, or the seed tears open and plant comes out, right? The seed tears open, plant comes out. It's a sign of birth. It's a sign of hope. Similarly, when, when a child is born, literally, you know, the body cracks open and the baby comes out. SubhanAllah. And um, similarly, you can look at the, the rain, the clouds, when the clouds tear open and the rain comes down. That's also the birth. And in all, all these different uh, examples, there's hope. There's, you know, tightness and then ease. Right? Tightness and then when, with the crack what comes? Ease. And what did we notice with the Prophet ﷺ? When magic was inflicted on him, what he was feeling tightness. It's like that darkness. And this surah is about, the theme is darkness. Okay? And we'll talk about it in a bit. Darkness, darkness. And then, what is falaq also? The daybreak. The time of, you know, fajr when that small crack opens and then pff, light comes out. That's what fajr is also. You know? So, hope after unease. That, that opening up of from, from a small tear. That's, that's really what falaq is. So why did we seek Allah's help with this name from this surah? Because what's the overall theme of this surah? Darkness. And so what's a fitting name for Allah? Rabbil falaq. The master of hope. The master of light. The master of, you know, opening up and giving us ease after dark, the pain of darkness. The hardships of darkness. You get the point? Yes? Okay. Good. And um, also, what's beautiful is the previous surah we learned, Lam yalid wa lam yulad. Remember? He neither has children, nor does he, nor was he born. And we talked about the tribe in the, you know, uh, in the rainforest who realize who their creator is just by saying that whoever has no holes, right? Why? Because, you know, we primarily have holes to eat. And therefore, someone who needs to eat and drink cannot be God. Because God should be self-sufficient. He shouldn't need to eat and drink and he shouldn't need to, you know, ma'adullah go to the bathroom or whatever to relieve himself. Why? Because he is self-sufficient. We need to eat and drink to survive. Otherwise, we'll die. But Allah, he should be someone who is eternally living. No beginning, no end. And so, so they, they came to that conclusion. And so here, we're saying, Rabbil Falaq, the creator. You know, he's, he's, he owns uh, this, this creation and everything in, comes to existence from this process of infilaq. فالق الحب والنوى Allah calls himself فالق الاصباح you know in the Quran and so 
all forms of uh, life come from this crack opening. Even body cells and, you know, the process of reproduction and, you know, cells coming together. And what's that osmosis is called, right? When cells separate, it's all part of this uh, amazing creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the al-khaliq. Okay. So, um, darkness. Let's talk a bit about darkness. So, darkness, psychologically, it's something that's disturbing. And that's why children at a young age, they, you know, like to sleep with a little light open or the door a bit open. They don't like complete darkness because it's disturbing. And even like when, you know, you're in your house and all of a sudden the electricity goes off, what happens? You panic, right? You go for the torchlight, you go for your, you know, hopefully you don't have a lighter in your pocket because that means you're a smoker. But if you do, then you go for the lighter and you, you, you need light. You need, why? Because light gives you comfort, you know? You put on the candle and it gives you comfort. Abdullah, now we can see. When you don't see, then there's darkness. So this surah is talking about these darknesses that um, disturb us. They're disturbing. And then, The darkness of the night as it gets darker and darker and darker, as it approaches this darkness. And so, also horror movies are associated with darkness, right? Always the theme is in the dark and uh, interestingly, crimes happen in, in the dark, right? All these bad things usually happen in the dark. That's why you have night clubs. You don't have day clubs. Although, like, in, in uh, places like Las Vegas, you know, casinos, you're not allowed to wear watches there. There's no clocks or any... Uh, or they don't, they don't have a sense of time there. So basically, you just gamble, keep gambling, gambling. Don't worry about the sun coming up. You forget, you're out of your senses, and then you come out broke, you know, all your money gone, and it's like 10, 10 o'clock in the morning, subhanAllah. So they make you forget the sense of time, you know. And so that's really the theme of this surah, darknesses versus tawheed, which is nur, it is light. You never have the word anwar, lights in the Quran, there's nur, there's one nur only, the nur of uh, surah al-ikhlas or tawheed, remember? But as, as for darknesses, Dhulumat, there's multiple darknesses. Allah talks about dhulumat. And there are different shades of darknesses. And, you know, uh, this concept of dhulm, injustice, comes from the same root word, darkness. So darkness is, dhalam means darkness. And dhulm is injustice. So when you do injustice, you're actually doing an act of darkness. Subhanallah. Yeah. So uh, another view of the Mufassirun is that falaq is actually, interestingly, um, a prison in the hellfire. Why? Because this is uh, you know, a hint to those who do magic and sorcery and, and hasad. It's like a warning threat to them. Another view is that it is a door in the hellfire. That when you open, then the fire sets ablaze. And uh, so, you know, this is uh, a threat. Falaq can be a threat to these people who are involved in these crimes. The crimes of the night, the crimes of magic, and we know that magic, by the way, sihr is a kabira. Yani. You know, it's one of those seven deadly sins, right? That if you're involved in, that means you're basically a disbeliever. Because, you know, uh, to have access to magic and jinn and all this kind of stuff, you got to disbelieve. You got to, like, you know, and that's where shaitan gives you ranks and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, min sharri ma khalaq. What's the first thing we ask Allah's help from? From the evil of whatever he has created. So there's a discussion here that we need to have. Number one, what is the meaning of sharr? Any evil that harms you. And sharara basically is, you know how sometimes you do barbecue and these sparks come flying out? These are called sharara from sharr also. So who can protect you from this? The one who has power over you. Remember as-samad who's on your side? He is the most powerful. Ahad, Allahu samad Again, these lessons are being refreshed in our minds. That he has the you know, power to save you. He has the power to protect you. No, nothing can overpower him. Remember? Nothing can overpower him. And so all these lessons are being refreshed in this surah again. So, evil, we also talked about this yesterday, that evil in itself is not a creation of Allah. Evil is a lack of good. Just like darkness is a lack of what? Light, okay? So, you know, a lot of you know, people who have doubts about Islam and they have, you know, atheistic thinkings, they, what do they say? Why did Allah create pain and evil? It's not, I mean, 
you know, he should be fair. Everything should be nice and rosy and rainbows and waterfalls, right? Why have evil? Why, why is your God so, like, how come he says Rahman or Rahim? How come he's merciful but he created pain? So the question here is Allah, yani by default, there's no pain created. Pain is just, the, or evil is just the ab- absence of good. And so in it is a, actually a choice that Allah has given us. You choose to live a life of darkness versus a life of, uh, you know, if, if there was no darkness, if there was no evil, then we wouldn't have a choice. Everything would be nice and rosy. There won't be no, no concept of day of judgment. So part of this blessing is that he has given us a choice, you know, to choose between goodness and evil. The other thing here is that evil is not the default. You know how like you have the defaults and general situation and then you have exceptions? General state is everything is good, but sometimes Allah inflicts you with a sickness, a disease. Sometimes there's earthquakes that happen, but are you sick 24-7, 365 days a year? No, unless you're in a serious situation, right? But for the most part, you're fine. But there's certain exceptions that happen. So the general rule is there's goodness and then some you know, a volcano here, an earthquake there, a tragedy here, someone dies here, someone dies. But it's not the general rule. The other thing about evil and pain is um, that you would not appreciate good if there was no evil. If there was no sickness, you would not appreciate health. If there weren't no earthquakes, you won't appreciate the stability of the earth. If there was no light, you wouldn't appreciate the sun. You know, so part of this is also through these opposites and contrasts, we appreciate the goodness that comes there. And of course, we also learn that, you know, life is a school, right? Through pain, like, you know, the statement that says, no pain, no gain. You gotta, you, you know, keep making mistakes and learning from them, and then you progress through that. So with this pain and this evil comes lessons that you learn. And so you progress and you become smarter and more wiser in your life. So life is really a school. So this even and pain that you go through is actually good for you. Maybe you don't see it, but it is good for you. And, you know, another thing about pain and evil is that it actually, there's always hidden benefits in it. Like, you know, when you, you ask any doctor, like sickness, when you get sick, it's actually good for you because it makes your immune system stronger. Do you, you guys know that, right? Yeah, so it's good for you. So that's why they say don't take antibiotics. Just go through the process. It's good for you. It strengthens your immune system. Similarly, like the pain that a mother goes through, you know, nine months of pain, but then what comes out? Good comes out. So there's good that comes out of that pain. Uh, Thunder, it seems physically something that's scary and harmful, but after thunder comes what? Rain, which is good for you, you know. So, you know, these are lessons that are, you know, repeated over and over in the Quran that, okay, there is darkness, but Fajr will come. You know, the sun is setting, Yes, you may see it seem it's dark, but it's going to come again. And it's actually, it's, you know, another beauty of the sunset. Remember we talked about it yesterday, that this concept of death also. Some people say, why do, you, why do you have to have death? Why can't everybody live? Well, if you think about it, if we didn't have death, it would be a big problem on earth. You know, you have an overpopulation, lack of jobs, hospitals, will, like, people won't get sick. There won't be no diseases. All doctors will be fired from their jobs, you know. Graveyards, there will be no business for them. Uh, this whole concept of, uh, you know, in your houses, like imagine your great-great-great-great-great-grandfather fighting with you to sleep on your bed, you know, and traffic and, you know, all these things. Like, no death is depressing, actually. So, alhamdulillah, there is death. And we also know that death is not the end because we believe in the afterlife, right? So, death is just a stage, it's just a temporary stop. The real life, the le- real party is in Jannah, inshallah, for the believers, right? And the opposite is true as well. And so death is just... So just like the sun sets, when the sun sets, it seems like it's the death of the sun, but it's not the death. For In your perspective, yes, the sun is gone, but isn't the sun coming out somewhere else? And similarly, they say, you know how rivers that flow into the sea, right? So when the river in itself flows into the sea, what happens to the river? It dies. But it's for the benefit of what? The sea. You know? So there's just some small uh, t- things that we need to think about when it comes to. Uh, and lastly, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that all evil that happens to you in your life is because of you. 
you know, bima kasabat aidikum. Any test that you go through is because of you, because of your, uh, you know, shortcomings and your corruption on earth. You know, we can't blame Allah for the, you know, uh, the pollution and the ozone layer getting weaker, right? Because who's polluting it? Who's making this earth less and less uh, sustainable for us to live on? We, right? Through our factories and our corrupt businesses and our lack of, you know, attention to environment, uh, you know, laws and all these things, right? The environment has rights upon us. And so we are to blame for certain things that happen in our life. So that's, so that's just a clarification on min sharri ma khalaq. So we get that out of the picture, okay? That don't get this idea that Allah is evil and He created evil. No. Allah allowed evil to be there for us to appreciate goodness and all the other things that we discussed. And then we, Allah says, okay, let me tell you now, now that you know about this concept of evil and that it's externally threatening, threatening to you and your iman and your tawheed, let me tell you three evils that are extremely dangerous and you need to pay attention to them. Number one, the evil of the darkness of the night. Number two, the evil of the magic. And number three, the evil of the hasad. So let's talk about the darkness of the night. From the evil of the darkness when it settles, when it gets really, really dark. So ghasiq, there's different views. One of, one of it is it's the first part of the night. You know how sometimes the night starts off as blue and then it becomes black? That's ghasiq. Another view is that it's when the sun disappears and becomes completely dark. Another view is that ghasiq is actually the moon. You know, ghasiq is actually the moon. When, the moon comes, when does the moon come out and appear? When it's completely dark. And um, so what does ghasiq have to do with evil, right? There's evil of the moon, evil of the night. So we know, like we, we just said, that most robberies happen when? During the night, right? When do people end up sinning? At night. Most uh, crimes happen at night. People go crazy at night. And so you have this theory of also you know, you, you guys heard of the concept of werewolves, right? Uh, so the idea behind werewolves is that, you know, the moon is linked to the oceans, right or no? The high tide and low tide. And so similarly, the human being goes through psychological states, different states, where his blood is sometimes hot and cold, depending on the, the, where the moon is and all these things. So that's where this concept of werewolf came. And, you know, that you, when the moon comes out, the wolf comes out, and then, you know, you... You become a werewolf and then you start doing crazy things. Yani. So it's, it's, this concept doesn't came, come out of nothing. There's actually some science behind it. And so also the, the term uh, lunar is used for the moon, right? Or no? The lunar calendar. So that's where the word lunatic came from in the English language. Lunatic, someone who goes crazy, someone who you know, uh, does uh, crimes. He, he goes crazy at night. Why? Because his, you know, it, this, the blood flow of the body is linked to the moon. And, you know, as the moon comes up, then this, you know, blood starts boiling and then he starts doing haram things, starts doing evil in the night. And so night is a time of darkness, uh, night is a time of evil. The Prophet ﷺ has also said in a hadith to his sahaba, listen to this guys. He said, if you knew what I know, you would stop going out at night. You would avoid going out at night. Uh, and very rarely people do apply this When do people go out nowadays? At night That's when the party starts yani. All day you're in the house And then at night you go out You go to the shisha place You go to the cinema You know, you go to the mall You go to the restaurant When? At night That's the time to go out The Prophet said Don't talk after Isha yani. And we also know that shayateen They actually meet up in the oceans at night Okay So um, so all these evils of the night, subhanAllah, it's all linked to this theme of darkness, right? Sins happen at night and it's darkness because sins darken, darkens up your heart, right or no? So from the... Uh, well, as, as the night darkens. And like we said, istiada uh, is from, from evil that you cannot see, right? So you cannot see them because it's dark. Then Allah says, The second type of... Danger, which is the magic. And nafathat, there's three words in the Arabic language for blowing. Okay? So there is nafakha, which is from the way that nufikha fissur, right? When the, it's blown into the trumpet. That's like a very strong whoosh, blow. That's nafakha. 
with a kha. And then nafath is the dry spit. When you are having a wiswas, when you're not like bad dreams, the Prophet taught us to dry spits, three dry spits, and three dry spits over your shoulder. Not dry spits at your wife, please. Okay? Or not wet spits at your wife. <laughs> she goes crazy. So dry spits and over your shoulder. And watch out for your wife if she's on your left side. So here we're learning nafathat is plural. And usually witches are female also, right? Very rarely do you find people who do magic that are male. Usually females are more into this. So nafathat, it's a plural feminine form. The third type of blowing is nafasa, breathing in and out. Like easy, inhale, exhale, that's also. So nafatha, nafakha, and nafasa. Arabic language sometimes uh, just one letter changes the meaning but it's from the same family the family of breathing through your mouth different ways of breathing subhanallah okay. so those who blow into the knots and it's group work so we know that these guys they do things in, in uh, plural and through the context like I told you Lubaid ibn Asam told his daughters to help him out in this job so those, that's being highlighted here fil uqad comes from aqt which is knots okay aqt is a knot that, that's where the word aqidah comes from. Because aqidah is a tight knot that cannot be opened up. Okay? So that's where uh, aqt comes from. Also, uh, necklaces are called aqt in the Arabic language because it's tied up, right? You got, and and nafathat also here means they continuously keep doing that. That's their profession. So, you know, like nowadays, in our, I mean, we see news of, of magicians being caught and, uh, you know, magic spells being like discovered, right? In our societies, this is not like theory, right? This stuff happens and people get inflicted with this. They do a lot of harm. Magic is usually uh, used to cause separation between a husband and her wife and his wife or the you know, other way around. It's usually caused to, uh, to separate between family members. Okay? So what is usually the uh, root cause of this? Jealousy. So the next part of the surah Allah now is drilling down into the core root cause of uh, magic which is jealousy and who was the uh, ultimate you know symbol of jealousy Iblis right which will be referred to in the next surah subhanAllah you see how it's flowing beautifully so Allah just talk, mentioned Hasid and then he's going to tell us who was the ultimate Hasid Iblis in the next surah in surah Al-Nas so min sharri Hasidin idha Hasid the last part of the surah, from the evil of the envier when he envies. And envy is a disease of the heart, brothers and sisters. We've got to really watch out for this. It's a hidden one that sometimes comes, creeps into our hearts without us realizing it. And, uh, you know, the Prophet ﷺ told us in the hadith that, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحبه لنفسه that none of you believes until you love for your brother what you love for yourself or you love for your sister what you love for yourself but that's like the healing of this you don't, you want, you don't want hasad to happen make dua for that person if you feel that you have hasad your friend just got a car and man I want that car also man why does he have it how come he has money I don't have how come he has that job I don't have how come he's more good looking than me I don't how come he wears nicer clothes than me how come he just got married how come he has kids I don't have these are the types of hasads how come his house is bigger than mine you know this stuff actually happens right and so what's the cure for this say mashallah tabarakallah and make dua for them ya Allah give them more Allahumma barik you know Ya Allah, give them more. Ya Allah. And when you do it secretly, don't tell them, hey, I did dua for you. No, in secret, you make dua for them. And inshallah, this will cleanse uh, your... Uh, and, and subhanallah, Allah didn't say, from the evil of the envier when he envies. He didn't say if he envies, when he envies, which means what? This is going to come. Don't think that you're free from this yet. And you know, biggest sign of this is Iblis had the envy from Adam, السلام, right? That's why he committed to get us all in the hellfire. That was his job, right? خلاص, this was his mission. Shaitan has a very clear vision to make every single human being on earth die and burn in hell, right? And so, why? It's, it's jealousy. 
he had such a high status, but Adam السلام, was given an even higher status with the ruh. And you know, and this bothered Shaitan, and therefore he tried his best to get Shaitan, get Adam and Hawa out of Jannah, and you know, he's committed now to get us all off the track. And so we also learn from Adam السلام, sons. What happened? Qabil killed Habil over what? What was the problem? Jealousy. Jealousy. The brother's wife was prettier than his wife. Okay? So again, these are lessons to teach us that these are core issues that are serious. You know, this is not just some fairy tale that's happening. These are serious things that are happening and serious disease of the heart. So we gotta clean our heart. We gotta and, and subhanAllah, what's the opposite of having hasad? What's Allah, what has, has Allah been repeating over and over again in these surahs in the past? Give, 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 help, care. When you give and help and care, what happens to hasad? You can't, you can't have both in the same heart. You can't be someone jealous and give at the same time. It's impossible, right? So the cure, another cure for our jealousy is give. You know, remove this arrogance and just give, give, give. Don't have this love of wealth. In your heart, don't compete. Don't do al-hakum al-takathir. Al-hakum al-takathir, you know, uh, accumulation of worldly things has deceived you. That makes you get stuck into this jealousy because you want more than your friend, your cousin, your, you know. You keep comparing yourself to people around you and then there's no end to it. It just keeps going worse and worse and worse. And so the Prophet also said that the evil eye is haq, al-aynu haq. That the evil eye, you know, they call it buri nazar, right? It exists. Sometimes this hasad can translate into your, your eyes. You look at something and, you know, in your heart, you don't see anything. Again, it's hidden, right? It fits in with the theme of the surah. Everything is hidden. Even hasad is hidden. Magicians, when they do magic, do they do it out in public? It's always in dark places, hidden, you know? So this theme of everything being hidden and rabbil falaq, when he gives light out of darkness and tightness, right? So Hasid is someone who doesn't tell you. He could be smiling in your face and he's like looking at your nice car and giving you a nice evil eye and then you, you know, end up in a, an accident. Yani. And some people have that. I actually got an email from a sister saying that, you know what, I'm a, I'm a good person but I think I have an evil eye. What do I do? <laughs> I think everything I look at just like, yani something bad happens to them. And I don't mean anything bad. So obviously I told her that I'm not qualified to answer that question, but I gave her numbers of people she can ask. Because this stuff happens. And there's people in society who are known. Be aware. Watch out for that person. Don't hang out with him. Don't show him your new car. Because he has a... Evil eye. So this does exist. And, but some people then go overboard and they put that blue eye in their car windshield and, you know, in their rear mirror, thinking that that blue eye will save them. Or the peacock eye or something, you know. And they sell these for like 500 fills, one dinar. You just hang it in your car rear view mirror or on your door in the house. Some people even put it on their shops. Now that's getting into what? That's getting into shirk. Minor shirk. Why? Because you think you think that this eye is going to save you, yani. and it's one eye. At least put two eyes. Yani. Dajjal's eye. Yeah. You know. So don't do that. Don't think that these objects will save you. And this concept of taweeds. You know taweeds. Taweed from isti'adha. You literally think that this object will protect you. It comes from the same root word isti'adha taweed. That's what it is. Right? And you don't even know what's written in that stuff. It could be names of shayateen and the, you know, the ta'weez that you have. And you're wearing it for years and years and years thinking it's protecting you. This is shirk, guys. Okay? And we have this in our societies. And people get offended when you talk about it, but you, you gotta, guys, and khalas, we're in 2015 now. These objects will not protect you. You know? And um, so... Jealousy is hidden, just like darkness. And what's the insurance? We, we said, read Athkar. Read, read Athkar. Lastly, I just wanted to tell you that there's permissible types of jealousy. 
two types specifically mentioned by the Prophet Number one, when someone is, mashallah, wealthy and he gives a lot for the sake of Allah. Then you'll be like, wow, mashallah, man. I wish I had money like him. I wish I could build a masjid. I wish I could sponsor you know, 10 people to go to Hajj. I wish, wish I could pay for someone's education. I wish I could pay for that operation. You know, That's permissible, Hassan. That's good. You know? um, and then the other one is a man who is given wisdom and he lives by it and he teaches it. You know? And some riwayat, this is Quranic wisdom. When you have knowledge of Quran and you apply it in your life and you teach it. So you're allowed to have jealous, wow, I wish I had that knowledge of Quran. Or I wish you know, I had that character of the Quran and then you, you want to be like that. This is permissible types of jealousy. But then again, we need to remember that yani, the story of Iblis in the Quran, the story of Adam السلام, and Hawa getting out of Jannah and the story of Qabil, these are all mentioned to emphasize the danger of hasad and the importance of cleaning our hearts. Again, see, Teskiya is coming in. Right at the end of the Quran, what's coming in? Purification. You know, by seeking Allah's help, you're actually purifying your heart from this disease. So it, it always, it's really coming down to this now. What's, where is humility? It's in the heart, right? Arrogance is where? In the heart. Envy is where? In the heart. Jealousy in the heart. These are all diseases of the heart. That's really the core, right? When your heart is clean, then your actions will be clean. And so, uh, last thing I wanted to mention was this concept of loving yourself. Okay? Loving yourself. Sometimes we feel that يعني, by giving, you should not love yourself and just love others. That's not right. Because you cannot give what you don't have. Okay? So part of loving yourself means that you care about yourself and you care about your heart. And so you take care of yourself by giving others. It's not selfishness, by the way. Taking care of yourself is not selfishness. You take care of yourself for, so that you can give goodness to others. So part of not having jealousy in your heart, part of not having envy, part of reading these adhkar, if you read adhkar and fajr and after fajr and after maghrib every day, it's because you love yourself and you want to protect yourself. Just like you love your house and you want to protect it. You know? Just like you love your children and you want protection for them. You love your phone, you just got it, what do you put on it? Protection cover, right? Because you love it. Therefore, the core of this is loving yourself. You love yourself, then you'll take care of it. You know, and then when you take care of yourself, then you can take care of others. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala First, protect yourself, and then your families from the hellfire. So with that, we conclude this beautiful surah, and we, inshallah, will continue the discussion with the next surah, Surah An-Nas. Jazakumullahu khayran. Subhanakallahu bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.